so we're we're the we're the we have one potential client who she works in actual music licensing in Hollywood. So that's like a regular job. So she helps people get songs licensed to use in, in movies and videos and that kind of stuff. So I told her, I'm like, maybe you can help because I've got this song that we're using the podcast, which is a Justin Bieber melody. So I'm worried they're going to come after me for copyright and they just take it down on the videos. She's like, oh, yeah, just send it over to me. And then so she put me in contact with there's there's an actual job out there called a musicologist, which mm. it's like a music scientist. And um, so he listened to the song. He's like, uh, he's like, you know, it's actually not that similar to his song. Like it uses the same chord progression, but then he sent me this other song published years ago that uses the same chord chord, chord progression that sounds like Bieber kind of copied from. <laughs> oh, he, he's it, and, and then he's like, so that's fine. And then actually, melodically, it's actually not that similar. And the only similar lyrics are you say, like I say, baby, oh, but the actual song says, and I say, oh, and then. Oh. The way I make my juice, it says the way, um, I forget what the actual lyrics are, like the way you lift me up or something. He's like, but so there's only actually a few words that are actually even similar. So he's like, but out of an abundance of caution, if you want to change it, you could, but it sounds like, uh, might actually be okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Cause it's starting to gain a lot of traction, you know, it is. Yeah, know. people are, it's becoming like a phrase. Like people are like using yeah. it, the good nature, like it's like an intro. <laughs> Yeah, Lindsay was singing know, it last week. I mean, it's got hundreds it's, of listens, you know. It's <laughs> taken off. God, I, I'm going to sleep better tonight, I'll tell you that much. Well, I am just rejoicing because now it means I get to move forward with the music video without worrying <laughs> that I spent all this yeah. time and money and then have to take it down. So that's right. it. I'm doing it. I'm going to make a an intro video to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Where I'm singing the song of Making Juice. So, yeah, forget the dream the team. Important. It's just, it's just the Charlie. <laughs> this is Charlie show, guys. Yeah. Did you hear that? He didn't yeah. even include us. It was a lot of I. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna featuring me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The podcast hey, is your, officially over, guys. I'm just your song. With my, my music. <laughs> He's career. going on the road without us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh we'll get God. tickets to the the Carolina show. You know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> See if I know anybody who can get well, us I backstage mean, passes. Yeah, we'll see if there's any room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's another Friday. This week I did it my way. I made lots of juice, and now I feel a boost. Baby, say, oh, it's the way I make my juice. Pressing fruits and roots. This week I did it my way. Baby, say, oh, now let's have some fun. There is nothing greater than Friday's act of nature. Ow, ow, ow! What's up, my Jija Juice lovers? Welcome to Good Nature Radio. This is your host, Charlie Wetlaufer, joined by the top two juice business consultants in the entire Milky Way galaxy, Chef Ari Sexner and Olivia Esquivel. Um, 
today we have a great episode. We're going to talk all about fresh versus raw and why we should all be putting the word fresh on our juice bottles. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but first, Good Nature Radio is the weekly Friday podcast where the juice industry comes to get help with starting and growing a juice business. Good Nature was founded in 1976 by my dad when he invented the commercial cold press juicer. Oh my gosh. Interested in learning about our complete turnkey packages for starting a juice business? Schedule a 30-minute call with the Dream Team. It's like your own private podcast. You can do that at goodnature.com slash radio. Of course, we have the School of Juice at learn.goodnature.com. Use code GNRADIO for $100 off any course. And join in on the discussion on the Good Nature Juicing Facebook group. Head over to Facebook and search for Good Nature Juicing. Up to over 5,000 members. And shop in bulk at the Good Nature Marketplace at goodnature.com. Get those awesome glass bottles or plastic bottles or spirulina powder or matcha or all that good stuff. Um, frozen acai. All right. So before we get into the fresh versus raw, um, we sent out an announcement yesterday that Good Nature now has used equipment in stock at great prices. We're considering an M1, X1 Mini, or X1. We currently have some used stock, but I will say... I'm not even exaggerating. We got a hundred requests for quotes yesterday when we sent out the email, which just like blew my mind. I thought maybe we'd get wow. 10 or 15. So I do think our current stock is going to be gone quickly. So if you want a great price and use equipment, contact us today and put down that deposit. Um, all right. Oh, also I had a note here. So we were talking to a client um, yesterday and he brought up that he was doing the method which we've seen on YouTube that some people recommend of using the separate Samic food processor with right. an X1 right? because it gives you more control. You can get slightly higher yield out of some ingredients because you can kind of control the grinding process a lot more. Um, but Olivia, maybe you can just talk about a little bit of the difficulties he said he was having. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was really interesting because for me, I have an X1 and I have since 2015 and the thing is a beast, you know, and I just, I don't, I guess I'm just like a, I don't understand if it's not broken, why you would try to fix it. Like that beast of mine puts out crazy amount of juice, crazy amount of quality. But one thing that I had never really thought about before, because I don't use the Samic is he said it was just grinding and grinding and grinding. It was almost like turning too much into mush. Right. And so then mm -hmm. when it would actually go through the press, he was actually getting less yield out of it. Right, chef. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, using a food processor to replace a grinder, it's, there's definitely a learning curve, right? You know, right. cause the key with cold press, you want to have certain produce finer ground right. and, or firmer produce. Yeah. More surface area and softer produce, a little larger chunks. So there's kind of a process with that, mm. but I, I think overall with that, it's, it's really capping your production. Yeah. Too. Big time. Cause you got to run it like three or four times to fill up a bag at least. And right. There's and no real benefit. You're wasting time versus if you're thrown and in the X one, you know, you can throw it and turn around and do something else. Prep your next recipe, bottle mm -hmm. what you had just done, you know, receive an order for crying out loud. Like, and the thing about the X one is you change the blade according to what you're pressing, what you're, what you're producing, like chef was just saying. So, you know, you have different blade sides, um, and different grinder speed. You can speed up yeah. the blade or slow it down, which a lot of people don't even realize you can, mm -hmm. it's in the manual, check it out. Um, yep. Like for carrots, if you use one of the blades with the smaller teeth and go really grind really fast, 
-hmm. on the X1 grinder, you actually get a really nice fine grind. You don't need a food processor. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the thing with the food processor, it does give you more control because you can grind stuff for 10 seconds or you can grind it for 10 minutes if you want to get it really fine. So you can technically get higher yield off your recipes if you know exactly how to use it on each recipe. Um, but it does slow you down because the grinder, the EG260 grinder on the X1 is such a beast. I mean, it just mm -hmm. works so fast. So I, if, if you're a small little business and you're only making 30 bottles of juice, sure. Like the Samic give you more control. And if you're the only employee, you're not paying other staff to do it. Maybe you don't care about labor costs, but if you're running a business and you want to keep labor costs low, and you already have an X1, don't mess around with a separate food processor. No. Just use the EG260 grinder. Yeah. Things a beast. You can make a hundred bottles an hour. Yeah. I've heard of people even making more like 16 ounce bottles. Yep. Um, so don't waste time with the separate grinder. Or, or uh, what I would recommend is, at least try the grinder, <laughs> the EG260, you know, because yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's really important. I think it definitely gets lost a lot of times with everyone, you know, they kind of rely on information that's out there. It got the job done, but then you move on to the next task, but it's always important to try out the different options you have. You know, if you have the EG260 and you're running that, you're going to notice how much quicker that is than using a food processor. And yeah, I don't know, sure. there's a clear winner for sure, but it's good yeah. to try both. But yeah, now I would say if you're on an X1 mini, um, the Samic might speed things up a little bit because you can do grind a batch, put it in the press and press it while it's pressing. You'd be grinding the next batch. Yeah. I think that makes a little more sense. Um, so like still debatable, like for training purposes, it's still more complicated you need two machines instead of one. You need more counter space. You're able to transfer stuff from the food processor to the press, and your staff has to know exactly how long to grind each recipe. Mm -hmm. So it's still more complicated, but it's at least debatable to me, I think, with the X1 Mini. Like, I could at least, if someone's like, no, I, I know how much to grind everything, and it's faster for me, I make more juice. Okay, fine. Like, go for it. Um, but I think for the X1, for sure, just use the attached grinder. Unless you have yes. a very, very specific use case... Like if you're doing some weird ingredient that doesn't work well in the grinder or something, then maybe that's a different thing to look at. Yeah. But um, for general you, juice businesses, I think. Yeah. Or if you need to rush out a very small batch and mm -hmm. you don't have right. time and just need to. You just don't want to make there. a huge mess and get the grinder all dirty and stuff. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. If you're just doing a batch of two shots or something. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that. Yeah. All right. Fresh versus raw. So I posted a clip of. Uh, one of our recent episodes where we talked about how the company Raw Juicery is um, really trying to come off as raw juice when it's actually been HPP'd. And it's very confusing, in my opinion, to the customers. And none other than Marcus and Tebby himself, uh, the ultimate juice master, someone I admire greatly in the juice business. So he, he, he replied. So he founded Juice Press in New York back in like 2014. Grew it to, I think, like 30 stores, sold the company a few years ago, and now just started a new concept called Good Sugar in New York. So he, he replied, other signs of juice has been high-pressure pasteurized, soft, shiny plastic bottles, expiration dates longer than three to five days, horrid smell, and if you can buy a quote-unquote fresh juice and leave it in your refrigerator for a week without the bottle bloating or turning rancid after three to five days, it's been treated. Solution. 
Look for companies that boast fresh juice because that is a higher statement than no HPP. By FDA law, you cannot state fresh on a pasteurized product. You'll never see the word fresh on a supermarket product. Believe it or not, kombucha companies use fresh raw juice in their kombucha because the kombucha itself impedes pathogenic growth and creates a five-log reduction of bacteria. But that's another story. Yeah, so um, he said that. I'm like, wait a second. Is that true? And I and I look it up. So <laughs> it's called standard of identity is the terms that um, the FDA sort of regulates. All right, give me one second. I thought I had this link up, but apparently I don't. Where is that? Remember, I looked it up earlier, and it was just like <laughs> so easy to find. Ah, here we go. Okay. The term fresh, and this is from the FDA.gov website itself. The term fresh, when used on the label or in labeling of a food in a manner that suggests or implies that the food is unprocessed, means that the food is in its raw state and has not been frozen or subjected to any form of thermal processing or any other form of preservation except as provided in paragraph C. So... Um, and paragraph C says provisions and restrictions. The following do not preclude the food from use of the term fresh. I, the additive approved waxes or coatings. So like if you put wax on the outside of an apple, you can still call it fresh. The mm -hmm. post-harvest use of approved pesticides, the application of a mild chlorine wash or mild acid wash. So if you're just cleaning your produce with like a Ecolab cleaner or something. The treatment of raw foods with ionizing radiation not to exceed the maximum dose of one kilogray in accordance. I don't, I don't really know what that means. Iodizing, radi ionizing radiation. So you can like radiate food, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's it. Okay. So, um. Sorry, I thought I was a little more organized. I might start over and just edit some of this out. Well, what you read to us earlier, I think, was a lot clearer. Yeah. Um, uh, one second. Let me just read this, and then I'm going to edit this yep. out and just go over this again. Requirements of this section pertain to any use of the subject terms described in paragraphs A and B of the section. Fresh on labels. Not subject to requirements of paragraph it's not suggested by the term fresh is described pasteurized whole milk is not subject to paragraph. I mean, it turns out buying food is unprocessed. However, the term fresh to describe pasta sauce when pasteurized. Paragraph A, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay, here's the official description from FDA.gov. The term fresh, when used on the label or in labeling of a food in a manner that suggests or implies that the food is unprocessed means that the food is in its raw state and has not been frozen or subjected to any form of thermal processing or any other form of preservation except per provided in paragraph C. So then they go on to describe, like, you can put wax on an apple or you can pr 
um, pesticides doesn't mean that it's not fresh, et cetera. But so basically, if you put the term fresh on a bottle of juice, it cannot be HPP, it cannot be pasteurized or any, anything else. So um, that is the term we should all be using. Like I, I think raw juice companies should be using fresh and raw on the bottle mm. um, because grocery store brands and these wholesale brands cannot use the word fresh. So that is how we can stand out versus uh, these HPP companies um, when they're clearly misleading about, you know, the term raw and everything. It's also interesting that the FDA has such a clear description of the term fresh. Like, why can't they just do this for the word raw too, right? Because it right. says literally right in the fresh, it means, uh, means that the food is in its raw state. It's like, why don't you guys define the term raw, you know? Right, right. Well, Make I think it's so much it's, more clear. It's interesting because like one thing I noticed in my juice bar is a lot of people, just the general public get confused with fresh juice, right? Like there's, there's words in my marketing that uses the word fresh, right? Cold pressed juice, fresh juice. And I ended up taking the word fresh out of a lot of my marketing because for some reason, that word was making people think that it was made to order. And so, you know, Southern Press Juicery mm. is in Greenville, South Carolina, but they would travel from like an hour away to come to visit Southern Press Juicery. Like it is a destination for a lot of people. And on more than one occasion, people have been disappointed because they thought that it was going to be a, that they could do a fresh made to order juice. Right. And have like stood there mm. and argued with me, but this isn't fresh. And then we get into the whole, well, cold press is this and this, but the word fresh to a lot of people, again, not to us as industry, you know, people, but just the general public. If you say, I want a fresh juice, they're thinking it's an M1 situation where they are pressing the juice, they're ordering the ingredients, you're pressing it for them and they're getting it and drinking it right away. Not necessarily in a bottle with a lid and a label and, you know, it was maybe made today or yesterday or three days ago. Um, so I'd like your suggestion from a marketing standpoint, Charlie, of using fresh and raw. I always put cold pressed on my labels because I think that that's the beauty of good nature. That's a beauty of the machine that I've invested in and of the process and, you know, um, of the quality of the juice. But I also do put raw. Um, so I'm going to take a look at that and see, you know, if I, if I feel like in the next update of our labels, maybe we should add raw and fresh to that. Yeah. Like maybe at least on the bottles, you could do that. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not advertising it on social media right, or on the whatever. Bottles, yeah. yeah. On the bottle itself, because a fresh raw juice mm -hmm. because the grocery store or the cafe that sells suja, that's not going to say fresh right. on there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the concept that you could mm -hmm. be able to have something on the label that they yeah. can't, you know, but it, it's definitely going to be a challenge mm. on how impactful it is to the consumer coming in, yeah. you know, with, which is everything. I mean, yeah, what, yeah but what, you, you can educate the consumer too and be like, look, yeah. ours says fresh. You will not find the word fresh in any of the juice in the grocery store because mm -hmm. none of it's fresh, you know, none of it's actually raw. Like, so it'd just be good to, um, it's collectively, just one more talking if, point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when people are asking why is this juice so expensive or whatever, right. I think that's one more good thing to say. But it's just like you said, the waters get so muddy. You know, like you see some of we talked about when we were talking about labeling some of the cold pressed HPP products using what do they say? Cold, cold 
pasteurized or something like that. It's like, they're just, everybody's just muddying the waters. It's like, okay, well, on my label, realistically, am I going to put, because I do put, you know, unpasteurized, am I going to put 16 fluid ounces, raw, unpasteurized, cold pressed, fresh juice? It's like, you know, I know, I know. it's so much. Yeah. And the FDA, I mean, they have, they have a lot of work to do, you know, and it's, it's, Anyone yeah, has worked what with they FDA, care, right? <laughs> like yeah. they have, I mean, so many regulations to monitor and kind of babysit. And like, I've heard stories of people trying to clear up confusions on competitors' labels and they submit something and it takes 10 years <laughs> to get any action on, you know, it's just, they're, they're really uh, surprisingly underfunded if you ever read up on some of those. Well, yeah, because it's the Food and Drug Administration. So, I mean, they're also dealing with tobacco and cigarettes and pharmaceuticals. And, like, there's a lot more important things on their agenda than, like, you know, Southern Press Juicery is complaining Mm -hmm. that the word raw is on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just like, oh, well, it doesn't say fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, Ari, you sent a link to this guy. What's his nickname? This lawyer? Oh, the Vanilla Vigilante. <laughs> the Vanilla Vigilante. <laughs> Who's this lawyer who um, basically goes around and finds companies are being dishonest on the label and puts these lawsuits together, these class action lawsuits, and sues them for like you know $30 million, $100 million. And then like one, one example they use is... Um, Barg's root beer had a flavor <laughs> called raw. What was it? Raw aged, uh, aged vanilla. vanilla or no yeah. real. It said real aged vanilla. Yeah. But then it turns out the vanilla is just purely like chemical and it's not real at all. <laughs> so <laughs> sue them. Apparently they think they're going to get some kind of settlement, but then, and if you can prove that you've purchased it in the last couple of years and you get a check for like a dollar 50 in the mail yeah. and the lawyer makes 15 million bucks. So it's great. I think it's always <laughs> funny. It's like whenever these lawsuits come up, it's always like common sense stuff. Like the smokehouse almonds was another one. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. It says smokehouse almonds, but they've never been, never been to a smokehouse. <laughs> you know? like, of course they have it, but yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, but there's, there's another lawyer. I know I don't want to say his name just because I don't know if he would want me to, but he's he crafted the class action lawsuits against Suja and Blueprint and those companies for using the term raw. And uh, they it was like confidential settlements, and then they took the word raw off the label. So he does good work. I, I sent him this new stuff we've been talking about, he said he's going to look into it. But um, that's awesome, yeah. But there's so many catchy catch words you know, out there in every industry. Wasn't there one for like Colgate, you know, where, what was that saying? It was four out of five dentists recommend Colgate. Oh, recommend. Yeah. And it, it ended up being like, as it was, they were only asking like, would you prefer a Colgate toothbrush compared to not brushing at all? <laughs> you know, and, and that was, and then they attached to, Four out of five prefer Colgate. Dentists prefer Colgate. <laughs> Some along those lines. That is and there's, genius. genius. And there's all these different kind of catchphrases that are impactful, you know, and they don't have yeah. to 
push it or sell it. I mean, you know? okay, th- this is how most people shop. A label catches their eye in the grocery store. They like scan the label. They see all these sort of catchphrases, like put it in their cart, you know? Um, it's how my wife shops and she'll be like, you come home with some new treats for my daughter. I'll be like, what are these? She'll be like, no, don't, don't worry there. It's, it's all good ingredients. So I'm like, what are you talking about? This is total garbage. She's like, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's GMO free. I'm like, what does that have to do with being good ingredients? You know? And it's just like these little like catchphrases words, catch people's yeah. eye. Yeah, and you know it's really good marketing because when people see something they want, they just want something that makes them feel okay with putting it in the cart, right? Mm-hmm. Like GMO free or organic or natural or raw or whatever. They don't actually take the time to turn it over and read more about it and read the ingredients and everything. They just want that instant, like, so okay, I'll buy this. You know, just put it in the cart. Um, but this goes back to why it's so important that one, your labels are clear and two, that you have good names for your juices and your products. I mean, like a lot of times I'm going through a client's menu and I'm looking at a recipe that I'm like, Oh, I bet this is a good seller. And they're like, no, it doesn't sell. Why doesn't it sell? Oh, well, because, and they'll tell me the name and I'm like, well, no freaking wonder. Like that is the worst <laughs> name ever, you know, like that name makes me feel like I'm going to be on the toilet all day. Like I'm not, you know, I would never buy that on my lunch break, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so like bi- it's, bio cleanse. Yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> clean it all Colon out. Cleanser. Yeah. Like something like that, you know, and the intentions are good, but from a consumer perspective, you know, it's like red flag, red flag. I'm not going to buy this. Um, you know, so it's just, it's really important. I say this all the time, you know, a lot of people come to us with really solid brands, but then it just all goes downhill from there, from what's on the label to what their label looks like to where they're printing their label. It's the number one talked about thing in the good nature Facebook group sort of drives us crazy because it's like, okay, come on, there's gotta be something else to talk about. But if you need help with your labels, please let us help you at good nature. We can make sure that all of the ingredients are written the way they're supposed to, that they're going to get approved by your local health department um, that they have the correct warnings on there, that they have all of, all of the information that they need to have on there, and that they're going to sell. And most importantly, that they're not costing you two fifty dollars a label. I mean, your labels per label should be way under a dollar. I mean, like I'd like to see them in the 30 to 40 cents range max. Um, there was another question about it today or yesterday about glass bottles and getting them printed uh, pre-printed on your glass bottles. Is that sexy? Yes, of course it is. Does that lead to a lot of potential problems? Yes, of course it does. What if an ingredient goes through the roof like celery, you know, in the cost? I mean, there were times this year that I was telling clients, cut celery out of most of your recipes if you can. It's too expensive right now. So if you've got bottles that are pre-labeled and you can't adjust them, you know, now you're living with maybe a 50% food cost instead of a 30% food cost, or maybe a 30 instead of a 17. Um, you know, so it is really sexy, you know, labels are like the hot topic in the industry, but I just really caution people about pre-printing things that you can't redo. I have a lot of clients that are getting really cheap bottles from China somehow, and they come pre-printed and now they're paying for storage fees every month on recipes that don't work because they didn't come from Chef Ari. They came from somebody else or somewhere else. They're ship, sorry, they're crap recipes with bad food cost, and they're not selling. They have a terrible name and it's like they're paying storage fees 
because they've got bad marketing and bad recipes. So you've got to think about every single little part of your business, how it can make you money, how it impacts the customer experience. And at the end of the day, how it's going to bring drop more money down to the bottom line. So, um, gosh, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. Sorry, guys. <laughs> No. But it's no. a, yeah, labeling I mean, is important. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's okay to print your logo and um, maybe like the raw juice warning or something, but you probably right. shouldn't be printing ingredients. Right, right. Because then that really locks locks you in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So something else I wanted to say, but now I forgot. I usually try to take notes and I forgot to take a note on what were we talking about before Olivia went off on a tangent? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just joking. That, that's uh, interesting, though. That, that fresh, though. The fresh verbiage. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you, Marcus. I didn't know that. That's like one of those things. I'm like, how did I not know this? I've researched this stuff so much. There's, and it's just some... Yeah, there's a lot of kind of little, little things that you can find out. I... Funny story when uh, I worked with an operation and there's kind of like a loophole to pasteurize citrus juice. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but uh, you could actually take lemons, limes, or oranges and you could hook up like sous vide machines, immersion circulators, and essentially boil the citrus for to, so that the outside uh, – of the skin hits a certain temperature and then you take it out, shock it, juice it. And it's pasteurized juice. You hmm. can ship it. It's kind of, hmm. kind of like one of those weird loopholes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really weird. Yeah. That's but there, there's a lot of stuff out there, especially with the FDA there. The, and they're always changing stuff too. I remember there was a big thing on, uh, like the food labeling, nutritional labeling that's been changed. Like, Mm -hmm. every couple of years is, is honey. Should that be uh, added sugar or just in total sugar, mm. you know, is it because is it natural or should it fall into the category of like processed sugar, you know, and there's always kind of these huge debates that take, it takes like four or five years just to figure that out, you know, and I don't even have an answer for that. So they got a lot of stuff to do. Um, Yeah. Have you guys been watching this You Are What You Eat on Netflix, the new documentary? They take mm -hmm. a bunch of sets of twins, and uh, identical twins, who also sort of seem like they're very still very close and eat similar diets and stuff. And then they put one on a plant-based diet and one on an omnivore diet, eating meat and plants, and then sort of study these effects after. And the people on the plant-based have a much better much better results. So it's pretty interesting. It's awesome. It's, it's cool since they take identical twins because then, you know, mm -hmm. genetically they're the same. So they're not, uh, they're not just going to process the food differently. I, I, I think it's a pretty cool experiment. And what's that called? Uh, you are what you eat a mm -hmm. twin experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it on. I haven't watched series. it. Um, Charlie, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but I remember the first time we were talking earlier today about the raw versus fresh. One of the big points that kind of caught our eye was that um, if you're using fresh, it can't be frozen. Yeah. Right? Or was it if, you're if you using say fresh, raw? correct. You cannot 
freeze it and call it fresh, but you can call it fresh frozen. Okay. So that yeah. was just an interesting for juice bars that may be freezing their juices. Um, make sure that you're not labeling it fresh if it's going to be frozen. Correct. Yes, that would be okay. illegal. But you can call it fresh frozen, which is the official term, right. which is when you're freezing something that was fresh. So you can use that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So people that are like shipping frozen cleanses, you wouldn't be able to label it as fresh, but you can call it fresh frozen. All right. Well, I just got word that we're, we're supposed to be at CiderCon that's starting today in Portland, Oregon. It's like the annual conference for cider makers. And um, our sales guy, Trevor, his flight today was canceled. Now they just canceled his flight that's supposed to leave tomorrow. So nobody, I might have to go to this show because I'm the only one who can probably get a flight out there. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. everyone else is in Buffalo. Where? Yeah. It's in Portland, Oregon. It's a five-hour flight, though. Hmm. Is it worth it? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if Ari and I make it up to Buffalo. The... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard they're canceling Tuesday flights. No, we'll be good by that. Don't worry. I know you're afraid it's going to be cold and snowy, but it's not. It's going to be cold and rainy. So <laughs> be even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. Great. Did you see All right, that? Thanks, everybody. Happy um, Friday. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, what are you going to say? I was going to say, did you see the Instagram thing I sent you from Greenville that was like one of our little fountains was frozen and it was a news flash and it was like, it is oh so cold outside. It was like the tiniest little fountain in front of the West End was frozen. <laughs> like it's everybody hilarious. in town taking like, the uh, picture. <laughs> well, it's like when I lived in Vegas, um, there was one, one time where it snowed like half an inch. Mm-hmm. Like the whole city shut down. They're yeah. like yeah. closing the roads, closing schools and everything. And um, I remember I was supposed to go on a date with this girl. I was in my 20s back then. I was supposed to go on a date with this girl that night. And she's like, I, I don't think I can make it. There's snow on my car. I'm like, just brush it off, you know? <laughs> I mean, being from Buffalo, you're like, so what? <laughs> yeah. 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 Alright guys, have a great right. weekend. See, See you next week. Bye. Now let's have some fun. There is nothing greater than Friday's academic nature.